G'day, I'm Kevin Sanders and welcome to the Business Architecture Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about all things business architecture so that business owners can truly get on the front foot and start creating more time in their life to do the things they want, build reliable cash flow to do those things with, uh, drive scalable value into the marketplace while allowing them to step back and ultimately architect the business of their dreams. So without further ado, let's get into this next episode. Welcome back to the uh, Business Architecture Podcast. It has been a while since I've uh, actually not uh, posted anything, and and you know that's that's due to my own sort of discovery mission and, and understanding as to what the uh, this whole world of business architecture and systemic design is all about. But there are a list of things that I do want to talk about, so I'm going to make a uh, an effort here to to create a bit of a series around what we're doing, and hopefully we can create some value out. Uh, for people who are looking to create, run, and, and, and grow the modern day organization. And so this one today is all about um, culture. Now, culture is an interesting topic. It's, there's, there's no shortage of literature and no shortage of, of people in the world who claim that, uh, that you know, they, they can create these performance cultures and these amazing cultures and, and create organizations where, where you know, we get the best out of people. But... I think moving forward, especially from from uh, my argument about how we're we're moving into a period of the world where we're going to have two competing ages, and if you haven't heard of that one yet, uh, refer back to uh, the the previous podcast. But this this one's all about um, you know how we're moving into a to a period where we're going to have two competing ages, and what we're going to look at. Uh, what we're going to look at having to manage moving forward is is culture. So straight away, what I think uh, we need to do is examine exactly what culture is uh, and and why we have culture and and the very fact that culture doesn't go away it or fade away it it forms and and evolves with uh, with a company. Um, and we also need to understand the fact that you know. If we're aware about what culture is, we can apply good principles of culture, and then we can essentially start to have people teach culture within a company. And I think that's the very way we we get to fundamentally grow uh, a really really awesome culture. Because the way we have been doing it, and the way um, a lot of the literature suggests that we do it, I think is fundamentally flawed. I don't think it works. Uh, there are plenty of examples out there of companies that have really, really poor culture. So if all of these things did work, then why do we still have all of that um, that misenculturated um, status in companies where people are not happy to be there, they feel isolated, they feel so- siloed, they don't feel like the company cares and ultimately they don't feel safe enough to be able to share what they're thinking and share what they're wanting and admit when they've screwed something up and most importantly, I think, bring the, the absolute best out in themselves. So I think that's a, that's a good premise for what we're going to do here. And, and I don't intend for these things to go very long, but I love talking about these kinds of topics because I think they really matter. So let's, let's just deep dive into this a little bit. Uh, and this does appear in, in the book that I've got currently you know, in draft at the moment, uh, you know, how, we, how we build 
the bulletproof organization for the 22nd century. Uh, obviously, that's a pretty far-fetched thing, but th that's the premise of what we're trying to do here is we're moving into a new age and it's time now that we have to look at how we move with it rather than try and maintain old school. So culture, I think, is it, 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 the first thing we've got to really look at is, is how this, this word. I mean, this word is such a, a well-used word. And I, I really do think that we've used the word so much that we've actually begun to lose the meaning of the word culture. Uh, automatically, it seems that you know people have an assumption of what culture is, and often because the cultures in these companies are not great, the assumption of culture is that it's not great. And when the fundamental assumption of culture is that it is not a great thing, then it becomes very, very difficult then to form it into something that is great. So, what we're looking to do is go, all right, well. How do we reposition what culture is? How do we actually get this thing called culture and, and form it into something that is practical, that is useful, that is connected, that is integrated, that is a part of a working system that people can actively pursue, that act can actively take and grasp and run with and actually use, not just to their advantage, but to the advantage of everyone else around them uh, and, and in ultimate pursuit of, of their goals and their dreams. And so I think... What we need to do is, is, is start to reposition it. And, I, and, and one way we can possibly look at doing this is to, is to remove the word culture on its own. By nature is, uh, of the word culture, it comes from you know, an enculturation. It comes from a, a grouping of, of people that have a similar worldview. And we call that group of people a cult. And so because we have a cult, which is a mass of people that have a similar worldview as in they're all connected underneath one single worldview, then we say we have a culture. And people that enter that, that group or, or that cult uh, become enculturated. Uh, and so when we look at that, it's, it's, it's automatically now got this kind of, this distasteful sort of connotation about it. So instead of, um, and what I tend to do is, I don't tend to use the word culture, I'll start with that because that's the common thing. But what I'll tend to do is say the company owners and executives and, and, and founders is instead of the word culture, let's rename it something else. Let's give it a new thing. Let's reposition what this thing is. I mean, if we didn't have to give it the word culture, if we couldn't call it culture, then what could we call it? And often where we get to after, you know, brainstorming exercises and, and I don't guide in, in as so much in this process, I'll let this, the nature of the organization come through and we find a word that works with it. But often the word that does come through is the heart. And this is really interesting. So the heart of the organizations, if we say we have, we're, we're a company we believe, in, we believe in having a heart of the organization. We believe that everyone has a beating heart and that's the commonality that exists between everyone. Rather than this is a culture and we are, we have a culture and this is our culture and this is how we do our culture. And now it becomes a very more personalized approach to how we act and conduct ourselves in the organization. But repositioning culture also then comes down to where we go in terms of leadership. Now, I emphasize leadership more than management because I think management is it's a necessary function currently. I don't think it's going to be a necessary function moving forward. 
because we can encapsulate it into a more personalized role of, 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 a, of an organization uh, in terms of its leadership philosophy. And so when we're talking about leadership, what leadership comes to, comes to be is, you know, you're essentially assigning people to be the leaders of the ship. That's leadership. And people who are leaders of the ship aren't in charge of the ship. They're in charge of the people who are in charge of running the ship. And so the whole fundamental thing about management and leadership is that we're moving into an age where there's going to be what we'll call a rehumanization of work, um, where people want to feel like they're a part of something. They want to feel like they're being cared for. They want to feel like they're being connected with. They want to feel like their word means something. They want to feel safe so that they can share what they're thinking and feeling and, and what their gut feelings are telling them. Um, and the whole premise behind leadership is that it becomes people focused not company focused, but directly from being people focused, we become company focused. And so if we look after people and, and, and the, the whole premise and the philosophy of leadership in a company becomes looking after the people and understanding that people need to be cared for um, rather than trying to replace them with some kind of machinery or technology, which means we're trying to treat them like a machine, which is what we're trying to get away from because people aren't in that space anymore but we actually understand that people are living, breathing human beings that have lives of their own, that experience the full range of emotions just like us. Um, and we need to be able to care for them and use a framework of an organization in order to do that. And when we can look after people, then that, that leads us to moving into a space where we're actually now developing a heart of the organization, uh, which, which is of course in alignment with the, the biological function of a, of a company, which is a body or a corporate, which comes from corpse, which is body. And so when we develop a heart of the organization, it's, it's easier then to, for people to be able to relate to what the organization is doing and, and see themselves as a part of that organization rather than just some element with a job or a task to do, because that's what we're moving away from. So what, we're, what we've seen if we look at history um, is that we've come through an industrial era where there was manufacturing uprise and we siloed lots and lots of different parts which gave us function of silos which meant we had people in charge of silos and then everyone works to their own KPIs that ultimately uh, aren't very collaborative and the, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Uh, that's a very 70s, 80s and 90s kind of organization and the philosophies of that which still exist in a lot of companies today uh, and, and generally speaking these these philosophies exist in companies that have founders owners executives that were from that era and so what we're moving into is a very much more integrated very much more hearty very much more uh, you know collaborative enterprise where everyone has a say, everyone is cared for, there really isn't a hierarchy. And so we've got to start reviewing things like org charts and how we're designing organizations because they create a hierarchy which goes against the nature of the philosophy of, of where we're heading into as a world, let alone a, you know, how we operate as a company. But we need to understand that you know we can then from that collaborate and turn collaboration into a philosophy of how we act. And by that very philosophy, that collaboration, that empathetic approach, the heart of the organization, that becomes the new age culture. 
And for a world that's that's moving into you know a, a new exciting phase where we've got the uprise of a of of a technology automation based age and a rehumanization age where people are more and more aware and acute of who they are, how they feel, and and um, the very fact that they have values and they need to be cared for. Uh, the very fact that we're moving into those two ages that are uprising at the same time will create a bit of a, uh, a clash. And until we understand how we're going to manage that clash, um, then it's actually going to be very, very destructive. And that's, that's the thesis of the book that I'm writing. And a big part of that, not to isolate culture as an element of an organization, because culture is you know, a part of a system and, and the system only works well when all the parts work together. That means we can't take a part and isolate it and try and improve it because that doesn't mean the whole thing improves. But that's, that means that we look at these organizations as integrated systems of which culture is one uh, part, not element, part. An element is something that can be isolated. A part is not a part if it's been isolated. So it can only be a part when it's a part of the organization. So culture needs to be integrated, it needs to be heartfelt, it needs to be empathetic by nature, it needs to be driven by leadership, it needs to be, it needs to be integrated into everything we do, and the traditional ways of how we used to do that uh, are dying off and don't agree with the worldview of you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 years time. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the, the fundamentals of, of culture and, and um, there's a lot more of it in the book. So if you'd like, a, you know, when, it's, when it's ready, if you'd like a copy of that book, just let me know. Um, it's all about systemic thinking and business architecture and, and how to design a bulletproof, uh, bulletproof organization of the 22nd century. But um, yeah, a big part of that is remember for, for your leaders and, and if you've got a lot of unrest in your organization at the moment, and if there's a lot of people who are not so happy, if there's a lot of people who um, you know, are, are holding themselves back and, and un, unwilling to let themselves discover and enact their nat naturally best self, uh, then it's possibly time to understand a, a little bit more about the future of the organization uh, contextually and let that guide the heart of the organization, which is what we call the culture. And that's, uh, that's potentially the road forward because looking back and working on what we don't like doesn't work anymore. Okay, guys, well, that's, uh, that's 14 minutes, so I want to keep these under 15 minutes. Um, if you've got any questions, like I said, there's so, so, so much more into this topic alone, let alone everything else that we're working through. But there's, um, you know, if you've got any questions, please just reach out. You know where to find me. Uh, and, and moving forward, I think, I think there's very, very exciting times, but we've got to be able to understand how we're, how we're managing all of this uh, and how we're creating these these leader empathy, heart-based organizations moving forward. Okay guys, thank you very much. Speak to you next time. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Architecture Podcast. As the owner of a business, I've got no doubt that you will have figured out that knowledge isn't actually power, it's potential power. And the most powerful thing we can do with knowledge is to take action with it. So with that being said, as questions have come up for you around how to take any action with or implement anything from this episode, please feel free to connect with me and I'll do my very best to answer those questions for you. 
You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Kevin Sanders, or you can look me up in my profile, which is Your Excellence on LinkedIn as well. Also, don't forget to bookmark or favorite this podcast so that you can be made aware of when a new episode goes live. And of course, if you happen to know any other business owners that are doing it tough, they're frantic, they're anxious, cash flow poor, or on the other side of that, they just really want to unleash their business, please do a good thing and share this with them so that they can get the benefit from it too. I don't bite, but I do grow businesses. So I look forward to speaking with you soon.